This is Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC. And for this Thursday, April 13th, we are very pleased to once again welcome Meredith Scrotenborg. Good morning, Meredith. Gary, thank you so much. So excited to be with be with you on what is such a beautiful day here in West Michigan. What a delight. We do want to say good morning and welcome to Wellspring, of course, a weekly radio show sponsored by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital, part of Core Well Health. And April is National Donate Life Month month, which aims to spread awareness about organ, eye, and tissue donation and honor those who have given the gift of life. And we are joined this morning by someone with a firsthand account of how important kidney donation is. Paul DeBoer grew up in Zealand and is now a teacher who is married with two daughters. And Paul, you've had not just one kidney transplant, but two. Thank you for your willingness to share about your journey. And um, you know what? I'm going to share with you, Gary. It looks like Paul is having some internet trouble. Okay. He was he was on the call with us. I see um, I see his name. We're we're doing this via Zoom as we have uh, for many weeks now. But Paul is not able to hear us. Okay. He we we lost the connection. He's going to be back with us in a couple of moments here. So yeah, sure, we'll, sure. We'll get him on. Yeah, let's give him a few minutes. I'm going to give you guys just a little bit more background about. Paul, um, and hold on, you know, this is how we multitask Gary, cause I'm going to be <laughs> typing to Paul in the chat. Um, I'm just going to write, Oh, there he is. Okay. I was going to say, just rejoin when able and he's connecting on. And, and he's so connecting Paul now. is now with us. Paul, good morning. And welcome to uh, wellspring. Oh, okay. Let's try it again here. We got all of our ducks in a row here. And the quack is not quacking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we technology. Yeah. Don't you love it? As they say, we had a issue a couple of days ago. Uh, well, Paul gets uh, everything in order here. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about donating because we we we've gotten some notes here from uh, people who want to make people aware of donating <laughs> organs when they leave when they when they do pass away. Uh, donate, you know, uh, choose life, I think is the way that's uh, in, in that regard. And that certainly does help in that regard, doesn't it? It does. Oh, we've got Paul. Paul, can you hear us? Mm, we can get Paul? him. All right. There he is. Well, we see him. Yeah. Thanks to our listeners who are just kind of bearing with us here. Yeah. Yeah, we're just trying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, Somehow, some way, it's a little bit on the mute side on that. Let me make sure that I'm not muting him, which I am not. And so, uh, you know, we'll we'll do we'll do that. Uh, we'll we'll work on that on on this end. But uh, yeah, we've gotten some information on donating your 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 your, your vitals after you pass on. I know I've done that. I've, I've absolutely, and and that really does help in that regard, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And I think that's something um, I'm really glad, Gary, that you're bringing that up, because as more and more people aren't actually going to the DMV, as more and more people aren't going to the Secretary of State, um, the amount of people who are actually choosing to donate life, and you can do that right there on your license, um, 
that number has gone down. And so it's very important to uh, make the choice that even if you aren't visiting the Secretary of State's office, um, you can do that online. You can do that right there on your license is is um, where it's indicated. And so, Gary, what we're going to do is um, if people can bear with us, Paul can't hear us, but he can see my messages in the chat. So I'm wondering if he'll be able to answer the questions if I just type them out. Okay. So if you can bear with me, yeah, Gary. We'll, 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 um, we'll do that. That's, we'll uh, do that. We do some good tap dancing as we go along. Exactly. No, I, no, I don't have the sound effects for that. Uh, but uh, we, 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 we will do go on. Uh, by the way, if you have a question, we won't be able to put you on the air, but we'll uh, pass it along as we go along here. Uh, talking a little bit about uh, donating organs and part of you know just a, just as a common thing more than anything else sometimes we don't want to think about you know you know when we pass uh people mm -hmm. put off about putting wills and everything and uh then uh, you know it, it's it's the same thing you know people don't want to make the decision about you know putting their affairs in order but this is like Anything else, you know, you want to put your affairs in order to make sure your family is taken care of. Hey, you know, you, if, when you pass, you're not going to need your eyes. You're not going to need your kidneys. Uh, right. And hey, you might not even need your heart, but right. somebody else might. It can make a world of difference. It can literally be um, life changing. I mean, it can you can save someone's life. I mean, that's what this month is all about. National Donate Life Month is all about spreading awareness that making this choice, making sure it's indicated on your license, it can save the life of not just one person, Gary, but many, many people. Um, I think, and I, I don't know the numbers myself, but it's at least eight life-saving surgeries um, can result from one person choosing to give the gift of life. And I know that it's, it's, um, and then uh, dozens of others mm -hmm. can benefit from that choice as well. Okay. Um, uh, let me see if Paul can uh, be able to hear me okay. right now. I got you now. Okay. Oh, you got me? good. Paul, it sounds good. Uh, welcome aboard. And it's one thing, and I'll start off, Meredith, and then you can pick up the ball after after this. It's one thing, Paul, to have one kidney, but talk about the concerns. Hey, I got to do this all over again, and you know, there's got to be some fears and trepidations that you had to overcome, didn't you? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think uh, part of who I am is that it, I had uh, 14 years to prepare for that. Uh, just, I mean. My first one, I think, was more nerve-wracking, uh, just just with all the unknowns. And the second one, it came with a whole bunch of different unknowns. Like uh, my first first one, it went really smooth. There were no no problems. I feel like uh, a ton of people signed up to get tested, especially after a lot of my families. A lot of my family didn't learn a match for various reasons. Um, and then some. Actually, somebody in my church was a match. Um, but then the second time around, it came with another slew of information that I didn't even consider. Like, because I already had a kidney transplant, my reactivity or the, my ability to match with somebody went drastically down. Hmm. Um, and so it's, and now 
this even this one's not going to last forever, but it affords me the right to affords me the ability to continue to live my life as and do the things that I really enjoy, like spend time with my family, watch my girls and participate in their lives, um, try new things and figure out my new passions and execute and enjoy my passions I currently have. Paul, tell us, give us a little bit more ground background. Tell us about your health condition um, and why you needed and why you continue to need these kidney transplants. Yeah, yeah. I, I consider myself a really healthy guy. And it just when I was uh, I was actually a senior year in high school, I was a swimmer and water polo player. And I just started getting really sick for months on end. I'd be healthy for a couple of days and then I'd swim and play water polo. And then the next day I'd be completely exhausted, sleep all day. Um, and it actually turned out that my immune system was, was slowly just attacking my, slowly attacking my kidneys and we caught it a little bit too late. Um, and so I needed my first transplant due to that. And then the second transplant I needed just because it's not my own body. So the body kind of attacks slowly the uh the new transplant which is um why we need all transplantees need uh immunosuppressant drugs and drugs to or medications to to moderate different effects of the body and side effects of having um a transplant of things that the body normally moderates by the kidney and now it doesn't do that at all so yeah. Paul, let me ask you this. How much of a concern, if there was, about the fact, especially with the first transplant, you know, I'm hoping that there's somebody that is compatible with me. You mentioned some family members that weren't compatible. Fortunately, in your case, a member of your church was, especially with the first transplant, and a little bit perhaps with the second. Were there concerns that they can't find a match? Um, I don't, I don't think that's a concern. I think there's a lot of people out there who, who do want to do some good and, and we're willing to test. I don't remember the exact number about the number of people who signed up to, to be a match for me. Even the second time around, it was just, it's a great community that I'm a part of being involved in that community. I think helped a lot, um, being part of a good church community that got the word out. Um, I don't think Paul, it was a concern that I wasn't finding a match. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. Well, tell me, talk us through those emotions with that second kidney. Because I remember that. I remember family and friends were really involved in trying to recruit a donor, trying to find a donor, encouraging people to get tested. Because um, like you said, this involves a lot of waiting, which can be difficult. Uh, how did you feel when you got the news that you had a match? Yeah, I think there's just this giant sense of relief mm -hmm. um, that I can continue on with uh, the way that I everybody should have the right to live, right? Like how mm -hmm. they how they deem, um, and the the fact that I get to start enjoying my life and watch my girls grow up in a in an involved way. Um, I think the hardest thing while you're waiting is not being able to live a normal life, just because mm -hmm. of being on dialysis. I'm. I had a horrible time on dialysis. It's not, it's not a fun process. I mean, being hooked up to tubes and for hours on end and just, and then feeling sick for another day and then going back there after one day of feeling good. And then it's just, it's a horrible, horrible routine to go through. 
um, yeah, just kind of threatening about what, what's my future look like? Do I, can I continue to work? Can I continue to, um, enjoy and be present in my children's and my wife's lives and lead a normal life? Absolutely. Paul, do you know, like any indication how long your current kidney will last? Uh, only averages that have, so my current kidney actually was, was uh, a gift of life through, uh, um, a person in Ohio. And that's all I know. Um, and on the average cadaver, cadaver transplants last kidney transplants will last about seven to nine years. So, I mean, but that's an average. So sure. Sure. So can you, is there a way to be proactive knowing that you're eventually going to need another one? Yeah, yeah, I think the for for me and I think for most transplantees who who know that another one is is needed, it's it's leading a healthy lifestyle, right? Number one, it's and then number two, it's just making sure you're always taking your pills on time, your your medicate, your daily medications on time and uh just routinely. Um yeah, just well, I mean, I don't, I don't, they don't have diet restrictions for me, but it's just being conscious about drinking water, um, eating healthy, mm-hmm. exercising, just normal. I mean, I don't exercise a ton right now, but, um, I have done a lot of exercising in my past. So, um, yeah, doing those things keep me healthy. And if I stay healthy, then the longevity of the kidney tends to be above the average. Paul, for somebody listening today and is curious about um, what it takes to be a living kidney donor, do you know what kind of testing is, is involved and, and what's the surgery like for both people? You know, the person um, donating the kidney and then what's that surgery like for you as the recipient? Yeah. So um, for testing, it starts with a blood test. You got to have the, the right blood match. And then there's a whole bunch of tissue typing tests that go with it to make sure that everything is a match and the body is going to not completely reject it right away. Um, and then for me, once I get, have that surgery, it's, it's an immediate relief of like, I just, I, you can tell the difference between how crappy you feel going in on a daily basis to your body's now naturally cleaning those cleaning and getting rid of the waste that's in your blood is it's a drastic difference for me um right away you start feeling better um for the for the donor there's this acclimate i'll call it an acclimatation you're you're adjusting to this new way of life of living on one kidney you know it will eventually mm-hmm. your your single kidney will eventually pick up the slack but it's it doesn't happen right away sure Sure. Paul, what would you say to those who are considering um, becoming a living donor? Maybe they haven't been tested to be a match. What would you say to encourage them? Um, I would say it's a, it's a, I, I, I would, I don't know how to say it. Um, My living donor and I, we still have a great relationship. We talk and grab coffee at least, uh, at least every six months and catch up. Um, It really becomes a, a deep, meaningful relationship if you know them. Um, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's just an opportunity to really change someone's life. 
I mean, yeah. that you can't, that you can't, I don't think you can't comprehend that until you really start communicating with, with somebody who's gone through it. Absolutely. Um, um yeah, I, w- I would say if, if they're interested in, in living donation, then I would say reach out to kidney transplant offices and say, Hey, I'm thinking about this. Can I talk to a living donor? And awesome. I, I know, I know my living donor would be more than willing to share their story to those things. And share Fantastic. Paul, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We appreciate hearing about your journey. We're deeply grateful and uh, so glad that you're in good health today. And that is all the time we have for Wellspring this morning. Until next week, Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital, part of Corwell Health, wishes you well. Thanks for listening to Wellspring, presented by Spectrum Health Zealand Community Hospital on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.